Hello and welcome to Pressing Matters, a bit of an unstructured, rambly, sometimes ranty podcast about what matters most to WordPress developers and business owners. Your hosts are Ian. Hello. And Jack. Hello. Ian's a plugin author, website owner, and developer working with Delicious Brains. And Jack's a plugin author and runs WordPress agency made with fuel. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Pressing Matters. Um, Hi Ian, how's it going? How's your week been? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. I'm literally moving a house in five days and there isn't no um, no stress at all. It's it's all going fine. It's all fine. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So probably next time we speak, I'll be I'll be moved. Um, yeah. What about what about yourself? Yeah, that, that's great. That's really exciting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. it's, it's it's so scary. It, it will be fine when you're in there. So yeah, uh, yeah. No, I've had a a good week. I've actually been splitting my time between uh, finishing up work. I'm off for two weeks. Uh, next next week, I'm off on holiday down to just the southwest of the UK, just down to Devon. And then uh, the following week, I'm going to try and finish my garden office build. So I've been splitting my time between finishing a bit of work in the morning and then working on my office in the afternoon. And um, it's coming on really well. So. Um, yeah, nice. I think I'll be out there um, doing stuff almost immediately after this after this episode recording. So, um, oh, that's super yeah. exciting! It is, yeah, it is really good. So, yeah, I'm hoping that the next episode we record, I will be, I will be in there. So, um, yeah, as I leave my office, you'll enter yours. That'll be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this week we are trying something new, and we've got our first ever guest. Whoop, that's not bad. So. Great. We're going to be talking to Elliot Condon, the man behind Advanced Custom Fields, uh, which is the plugin that turns WordPress custom fields into something that developers actually can use. So, so without further ado, welcome Elliot, and thanks for coming to chat to us. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Apologies for that mangled one-line description of your plugin. That like, I find it really hard to describe what it does, but it's one of those things that when you actually use it, you go, ah, and it clicks and... You can't live without it, basically. No, I like your one-liner. That's good. I usually kind of refer to it as a bit of a form builder for the WP admin. And I think that can kind of work as well because people at some point have like built a contact form and they kind of understand the idea of creating custom fields uh, mm-hmm. in that sense. So it's kind of like that, but just for WordPress um, data objects, you know. Nice. I'm sure. I mean, a lot of our listeners are probably really familiar with it, and I'm not going to go into what it, you know, what it is and what it does. But if you're not familiar with it, go check it out: advancedcustomfields.com. Um, yeah, and it's well, it's fair to say it's huge. It's a huge plugin. It's kind of ended up that way, unintentionally. I mean, so ACF started off as such a small scale thing, and I still like to think of it as my own little kind of hobby or project for like self development, and you know, the fact that it's like, is actually running millions of websites around the world and not just as like a little thing on the side, um, but like actually running, um, powering like the, the, the templates that are, that are producing the HTML. So like actually something integral to the, um, to the website and not only the front end, but also the back end, like all those clients that are actually relying on it day in, day out to, to keep their websites updated that they rely on for a business. It's kind of a bit of a trip, like thinking about that. Um, I still think of it as something super small. <laughs> yeah, that, it, it is mind blowing when you, when you sit back and think, God, yeah, it's, it's not just any old plugin. It's, it basically turns WordPress into something completely different and those clients or those users you know that the control they have because of the plugin is is really advanced which is like jack what's what's the numbers you picked out this morning oh yeah so i was having a look and your plugin as far as i can tell just from going to the plugin section of wordpress.org is 24th most popular out of all 55,017 plugins on wordpress.org so that's that's pretty amazing really and, and like ian was saying you know over over a million active installs i can't imagine if i was to look out my window and say a million people yeah. i can't i can't imagine that but that's but when i try and put things in perspective that's what i try and imagine so um so yeah that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty awesome really yeah and am i right in thinking it, it's just yourself it's just myself as far as uh day in day out development 
although I do hire help, design help, support help, that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. If I was a better, you know, business oriented person or just better at working on this product, I would, I would hire some people. It's definitely something that um, I've been thinking about more and more, actually. Um, it's probably going to happen. I have some development help and really like sink our teeth into some bigger picture stuff. I think the plugin and WordPress at the moment are really kind of on the cusp of like some bigger picture, you know, reflection, figuring out what is, you know, content editing, what does content editing look like now and in five years. And so there's a lot of room for growth. There's some pretty exciting stuff that uh, may, can, might happen. Uh, but yeah, for the moment, it's actually just me, which is cool you know it's just like it's my little project that i'm working on tinkering on like i kind of tinker over here and i turn around and i tinker over there and it's fun i like it that i mean no it's great yeah from from my point of view that's impressive because you know you're, you're just talking about now thinking about hiring more than just sort of part-time support and stuff and I, i'm impressed that that tipping point has only come now because you know you've been when did you start ACF, the, the free version? And when did you start the pro? When did you start to monetize? Because that's been a while, right? Yeah, it's been it's been quite a pretty long journey. So I think the initial commit was back in 2011. And then I think it probably took me two or three years to make the first premium add-on. And that was the repeater field. Um, so yeah, that was, yeah, maybe a couple of years in. I started monetizing uh, the plugin. And that allowed me to go full time on ACF. I could I could quit my um my agency job at the time, and it's funny because it, I was so um, unintentionally. You know, I I never thought like never thought that this could be a full time job at all. It didn't even cross my mind. It was just a thing on the you know. Wouldn't it be cool to have some like just income on the side, just like trickling in type thing. And it was really funny when I chose to leave my agency job. It was the day, it was the day when my monthly income from ACF matched my monthly income from working at the agency job. And as soon as that happened, without even wanting to, the light bulb clicked. And it's like, why am I, why am I spending eight hours of my day at this agency job when overnight I'm making the same amount? That's what I should be focused on. Um, yeah. <laughs> what brilliant what was your job at the agency were you front end were you back end were you designer so i was yeah i was a bit of both uh, it was definitely more like um development than designer but you know i was lucky enough to grow up in that that diy era where a web developer was a everything was a jack of all trades you could do front end you could do back end you could design you could do email you could uh do, probably do marketing as well you know <laughs> probably get you to come up with a marketing campaign for some some client as well why not and so by the end of that agency job i was definitely just um i was producing the html i was integrating with wordpress or the other cms's that we were using at the time uh i wasn't designing anymore i was yeah definitely just developing and um, I think that's that's kind of so I transitioned. I was like originally before ACF, before you know that job. My background is in two D design, graphic design. That was what I went and studied, and and that's kind of still is like a huge passion of mine. Is uh, design interaction design that kind of multimedia type stuff? And um, yeah, I've just kind of ended up down the pathway of development. That's where I am now. Um, so I've got a bit of a, a kind of good grasp on on both of them but yeah development's where it's at now nice right and how long did it take you to get from um say developing your your first ad on the repeater field mm. to leaving your agency job what was the the time between those two i sure so i'm probably not sure but it might have been couldn't have been long maybe a year maybe less I think the repeater field... Was that just off of one add-on or was, was it multiple add-ons by the time you left? That was literally just off the repeater field. And it's only when I... Um, I should really go back. I could... Um, maybe while we talk, I'll try to have a look back through some commit, some early commit um, some early commit messages and actually figure out some, some dates. Because, you know, now in 2019, you know, we're talking about stuff that happened back in 2012. I've got no idea what happened in 2012. It's all yeah. such a blur. <laughs> like the, the, the rate of, you know, technology change that we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis, even just keeping up with 
the latest product hunt or the latest framework to come out. Um, I, I struggle to remember what happened even a year ago. Yeah. Uh, but well, I, I would say it's probably a fair guess that it was just the repeater field that got me to that financial point to make the move. And then when I started focusing on, on ACF, that's when I created the other add-ons and kind of started exploring that uh, yeah, more in depth. It, it, interesting, actually, considering we were talking last time about how to, you know, what pick, how to decide what features to, to work on. And, mm -hmm. you know, was the ACF repeater, was that something that all of the users were clamoring for and you were constantly bombarded with support saying, I want to add, you know, multiple um, rows of, of data? Or, or was it something that you came up with and thought, God, I could do this in my day-to-day -day job. This is the thing that would make ACF really, really powerful. And you yeah, so to do it. I mean, the repeater field is totally ACF's like call to fame. And the repeater field has a kind of funny story behind it because I actually created the repeater field before I created ACF. So before ACF, and I'm not sure if it's still on the WordPress.org repo, but I actually made a plugin called Custom Field Matrix. And that was exactly just the repeater field. It was the repeater field with uh, only a handful of different subfield types. You could do a text field, an image field, and you couldn't create normal fields. You could only create a repeater field with subfields. And the whole point of it was for doing like image carousels on the website. And it was, uh, that was a completely free plugin. And after a while, I, I realized that the repeater field was this one kind of component of a much bigger picture that had to exist. And that bigger picture is ACF, the kind of framework for all the other, you know, handling all the other fields. So I had the repeater field kind of tucked away in my pocket the whole time. And I, I, I knew that one day I would make that, but I focused on ACF for quite a while and got that to a point where it could actually work with the repeater field. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, I took that concept of the, the custom field matrix and I turned that into the repeater field. Um, but it actually came first. I actually designed the most complicated thing in the plugin first and then realized uh, that it was on wobbly grounds and I needed some kind of scaffolding and structure underneath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. So just going back to when you were saying it's just yourself and, and obviously, you know, a million active installs mm. and, and so on. How, how do you juggle development and support and, and roadmap and your your website i mean what what does your average day look like yeah um i think i mean look i definitely don't have the enthusiasm and and let's, let's call it the energy like that youth energy that single energy that i once had like i used to just go ham and i would code all day and all night and it's not like that anymore it's much more structured so starting off my day, um, support. So support is the first thing I get out the door while my brain is kind of, you know, you've got a coffee and you can actually fire off stuff at a timely pace. Um, so I do have a support team, um, but there's definitely some tickets that need to get escalated through to me. More of that like tier two, tier three, that developer stuff, that really niche bug, or maybe it's a bug report, maybe it's account and, and accounting type stuff if there's refunds or... So that stuff comes through to me. Uh, that's usually an hour or two of the day. It kind of kicks off the day. And it's quite funny. That's become such like ingrained in my daily routine that even if I don't do it, I feel odd. So I still do that hour or two of support on my weekend. Because if I don't do it on the weekend, I feel like I haven't achieved anything with my day. It's really, it's become like, I'll do it on holidays. I will have my laptop there in the morning. And I'll, even if it's like half an hour, I feel like if, if I've responded to people, um, then I'll feel like I've done something right. So emails and support, and then honestly, the rest of the day is is just open to whatever the current task is. So for example, today, let's have a look at this week. So today we're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, so Monday and Tuesday, we're focused on releasing a new update, version 5.8.1. And so that mainly involved testing, last minute fixes. Uh, I added in a couple little minor improvements while I was you know, going through that testing, I thought I could kind of sneak them in, that would be fine. Uh, and then Wednesday, like the day after releasing, I usually like to just take a, a day back and I don't really feel the pressure to, to kind of code anything. So that Wednesday is kind of a bit of a take a breath moment. And that's when I realized that uh, Help Scout, so we use, I think you guys use Help Scout as well. 
um, for various support requests, um, sorry, support tickets. Um, and I realized, I remembered, thank you to their uh, nice little automated email that reminded me again that their, their ending support for their, their version one endpoint API. Wow. Yeah, the mailbox 2.0 is landing tomorrow, is it, I think? Yeah. Yes. Or today? Yeah, today or tomorrow. And yeah. obviously, I'm still using version one. And uh, the first email they sent out, of course, I ignored it. You know, I'll do that later type thing. And it gets to literally the day before. And it's like, oh, hang on, that's right. Yeah, that's not going to work tomorrow. <laughs> um, You're not so I, <laughs> <laughs> it's how we all work. It's like, just leave it You're to like, will you, hang on, here's like a... Well. <laughs> did you do the same thing at like high school and university just like leave that leave that thing yeah. to the last possible moment yeah but I'm, I'm literally doing the the mailbox 2.0 for delicious brains like we do we use to help scout api for auto replies and stuff so that's oh, we, that should, my, we should team up and share some code <laughs> yeah that's my task yesterday and bleeding into today as well so yeah it's totally last minute i ignored the first email as well yeah <laughs> Amazing. We are really good at our jobs. Um, so <laughs> that's what I'm working on at the moment. I'm working on exactly what you're doing. We're, we're rewriting the API to use the uh, version 2 mailbox uh, endpoints, uh, which is it's fairly straightforward. It's pretty good. And uh, the Help Scout, did you, uh, <laughs> side question, did you download Help Scout's WordPress plugin to kind of have a look at some code examples and use that as a bit of a cheat sheet? No, I'm well. I'm kind of looking at their, their the GitHub repository for their the PHP SDK of their API, which does have examples. But oh, yeah, I, I I left last night just with a, an issue where I couldn't create a conversation anymore in 2.0, and I don't know what the issue is. So I'm going to be going back to that, hopefully afresh this morning. But it's not looking good yeah. at the moment for, <laughs> from my side. Yeah. Um, well. I, I... I mean, I, I need to read into it more, but I have a feeling that the version one endpoint will still remain. I don't think they're turning it off just yet. I think yeah, that's a great just, period. Yeah, no support and yeah. Right. Um, so that's good. Breathe a little few there. Um, so yeah, I've been focused on that the last couple of days. And that's nice. Like I enjoy, although like you could think of that as, gee, that's such a pain. Like I've got to lose a day or two, like rewriting this code that did work. I. I actually kind of like that because I wrote that initial version one API connection code probably like two or three years ago. And I changed my development style maybe every six months. So I'm taking it as an opportunity to clean up all that code and kind of implement my own new coding style. So I'm really enjoying that. I kind of love refactoring. I'd, I'd refactor as a day job. If that, was a, if that was a job, I'd probably take it. Absolutely love it. So that's what, that's what I'm focused on at the moment. Hopefully we can get that uh finished rolled out uh tomorrow and then after that it's kind of now that you know that that latest version is is released it's kind of time to have a look at well what bug, bug fixes and what features do i want to roll out into the next version so it's just having that manual look through the massive to-do lists and seeing what's relevant and what yeah what direction i want to start moving in so uh yeah I guess like what are my daily tasks? It's it's very sporadic. Um, there's always like an end goal. I mean, there's also stuff happening in the background. So right now, um, I'm really happy to say that the ACF website is being completely redesigned, and so that's happening out of my control. That's uh, really amazingly talented friend of mine is designing and developing the new ACF website, which I cannot wait to share with everyone. And so there are things, there's other things kind of happening. There's that and any other time that I spend away from the actual like keyboard, I'm thinking, um, especially a lot at the moment, thinking a lot about bigger, bigger pitches, bigger milestone uh, goals for, for ACF and, um, and other stuff in WordPress as well. Mm -hmm. Nice. Great. And yeah. And how's your, like, you know, you talked about earlier when you were sort of, years ago back in the single life and coding all night and you know your circumstances have changed recently you just recently become a new father congrats i guess and how's that changed how you work and your approach to things yeah thanks um so yeah recently became a dad um uh baby harper is my little daughter she's seven weeks old right now seven weeks and two days and i mean honestly she hasn't changed 
us like she hasn't changed the the work schedule too much i probably just work maybe half as much as i used to but apart from that everything's actually kind of the same we've been really lucky in the sense that she feeds and sleeps really well um so we've we've had a really nice like introduction into into child into parenthood at least for now um but i mean it's really funny what that whole experience has kind of opened opened my eyes up to and it's more just like it's really gotten me to to stop like for such a long time i've had my head down buried in code just kind of like not really looking up just just coding away just building you know build 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 learn 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 push 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 with with software and having a kid that really makes you kind of stop and open your eyes up a little bit and really start to think bigger picture and not be so driven and focused by the really small things, but actually being driven and focused on more like the psychology behind stuff or like the bigger picture behind stuff. And I think that that is something that I'm starting to to realize about myself in over the last kind of month or two is that I'm really, I'm really interested at the moment about, uh, yeah, like the philosophy of, of decision-making to do behind coding. So like decisions for like coding practices and, and, and naming conventions and ideas and methods. And um, so that's been one really interesting thing that it's done. That's really, uh, it's made me kind of slow down my actual work output, but I believe it's actually sped up my, uh, it's it sped up my, my time to reach those really important goals that I want to reach with ACF. Whereas beforehand I would have been so focused and so in the hustle to get to those those points that I would have just pushed those points away by adding in more more stuff in the way. So I think it's given me some clarity. Maybe you could say that. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it uh, hasn't changed the the day to day too much. But as I said, yeah, probably working about half the amount of hours I used to. But I think that might be a good thing anyway. It's probably making me see things a bit clearer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are you working at home then? You've got a home office and stuff, so you're kind of in the mix with it, and which I guess is, yeah, you know, yeah, all three of us are home workers with children, and it's it's great to have, to be able to have that closeness, separation, but closeness, and the ability to be a bit more involved and present, um, which I guess is, you, you're finding now with a, a very young baby in the house. I, I absolutely love it. I've always wanted this as well. Like I've always adored the lifestyle that we have, which is grab a MacBook Pro and literally fly me anywhere and I'll work. It doesn't matter as long as I've got internet and my laptop. Um, <laughs> that's all we need. Like it, I, I love this lifestyle that we have. We're so lucky. And I've always really wanted um, that family lifestyle as well that I could work from home and actually and have as much, you know, hands-on FaceTime with my kid, which is, you know, something that I had with my dad. He worked from home. And, you know, gee, it must be tough at some points. I'm sure it's going to get really tough, especially when um, she's walking around and talking and, <laughs> you know, not just sleeping so much of the day. When she's a bit more demanding, it's going to be tough. But I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm, I consider myself so lucky that I get to be here for all of that and be part of it. So, yeah, it's 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 really exciting the idea of working from home. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, great. Have you always worked from home, or is it sort of just a, a more recent decision uh, around you know your, your expecting your daughter? Yeah, uh, always worked from home. So even going back to like university um that's probably when i started you know working out of the the share house that i was in because that's when i started freelancing and i was i was really comfortable working from home i was i was really because i'm so interested in what i do that distractions don't worry me you know people will always ask you know developers that work from home like oh but aren't you always distracted by the tv or you're just playing games or whatever that doesn't really happen when you're really invested in what you do. When you when what you do is your computer game, then you're happy to do it. And and being at home, it's such a more comfortable lifestyle. And some people need to like go to a share working space, and I understand that as well because sometimes it is really nice to get out to a public space, take your laptop, or even work from somewhere. Um, 
but you know, I get to save all that travel time and I get to have that time with my family. I get to eat food at home, cook meals, live a, a little bit more healthier lifestyle in that sense as well. Like that's a, mm-hmm. that's a big bonus. So I've always been into that. And, um, I did try at one point actually renting a space. I had a, had an idea that, well, I've always wanted to, to run an agency. That's always been like a big thing that I've always wanted to do. Uh, not anymore. Like I have no interest in that. But it's more of like a childhood, you know, dream of like, oh, I want to run my own cafe one day type thing. And so I did actually for a while, like rent a space for a couple of months and, you know, fitted it out with furniture. And we started working from there, me and um, another freelancer that I was teaming up with at the time. And it just didn't work out for me. Jeez, I knew on like day one of that venture, of that, of that idea that this wasn't for me, that working from home is totally what I want. Like we've got... As well as Harper, we've got two dogs who I call, you know, our family members as well. And, you know, leaving them is tough. Like, they don't like it. We don't like it. Like, we need to kind of be together at all times. So, uh, yeah, always work from home. I like it. <laughs> yeah, great. That's um, that's really good to hear. Just going back to something you were saying about bigger picture stuff as well, you know, with your daughter and, and sort of working from home and all that sort of stuff. It, it reminds me of a decision that I made um, when my daughter's born. So she's going to be four at the end of August. And when she was born, I I actually had a pic. I did a WordCamp talk a couple of years ago. And in the WordCamp talk, I put a picture in of me with my daughter when she was newborn. And I think on some level, it was probably that classic, like, look, I've got a baby, kind of, you know, every parent wants to show off their children kind of thing. But in reality, it was um, it was to depict that uh, I had my daughter on me and on my laptop, uh, you know, the, the photo was taken with my with my webcam. And on my laptop, I was writing the documentation for, for my WordPress plugin. And at that time, I was about to release my first add-on as well. And I, I came to the conclusion that I obviously I, I want to spend as much time with her as I possibly could, you know, whenever I could. And, you know, I, I wasn't working from home at that point. I was working from a co-working space, but I later made the decision to move back home for similar reasons that, that you've got, um, uh, that, that you made. Um, but I, I made a decision that when she was old enough, when she went to school um, and she's going to school at the, in September this year, um, when she's on summer holidays, I want to be there. I want to make sure that my plugin is in a position where it uh, basically allows me to take two, three months off over the summer, not worry about the finances, not worry about money, not work really, really hard the three months beforehand to save up to then spend three months off, but just for it to just be kind of res- residual kind of you know income coming in every month and I can take my time off with with her. And that was something I more or less came up with on the spot, I was literally sat on my bed writing the documentation. I suddenly thought, wouldn't it be great if I could do that? Why, why, why can't I do that? You know, so, and, and it was, it was like a, like you say, it was like a light bulb moment. It was that moment of clarity that suddenly made you realize this is big picture stuff. Um, this is something I want to do, you know, uh, later on. I, I want to make sure that my, my, uh, my business is, is supporting um, this kind of lifestyle and, and, and my family and things that I, I want to achieve. Um, um, from from my life, not just the things that I want to achieve uh, for the business, and the two go hand in hand, obviously, because if you want that, uh, say you want to, you know, release plugins that that make you money, or add-ons that make you money, or the pro version, or whatever it might be, then you have to work at those things to to make sure that they're in that condition that they do that. So you know, whilst you're hoping for the financial kind of support from those, you're also providing in the functionality and the things that other people use. Um, to to kind of get that and that does you know it's it's less like you say about the hustle day to day what can we do today what what could be done next you know like this kind of constant development kind of wheel it's more about these yeah these bigger picture things these these bigger uh achievements that you want to you want to do and it it really focuses you on on a handful of things that you want to see rather than um yeah just this continuous development cycle so yeah i i can completely uh, not only relate to that, but understand what you're saying and, uh, and appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really good to hear from, you know, cause I came up with that sort of independently several, several years ago and to hear that from, from someone else as well, you know, also kind of independently is, is really refreshing. It's, it's nice to know that, um, uh, not only, you know, other kind of remote workers, people that work from home are in that position, but also people working in, in WordPress sort of do that as well. So that's, 
that's quite comforting, if you see what I mean. So moving on to though to ACF blocks. So I tried out ACF blocks the day before yesterday, actually, um, for the first time. And I, I loved it. I, I, I recorded myself kind of talking it through because actually I find if I'm trying something new or trying to explain something, sometimes talking it out loud to myself, recording it, watching little things back is, is a really helpful way of kind of working through um, either a problem or a, or a new thing. So I got up the ACF uh, blocks page on your website. I went through the example um, and tried each step as I was going. And yeah, sure enough, I got an ACF block into, into Gutenberg or the block editor and was using it. And it was absolutely brilliant. And I've never, I, I say I never use, I have used Gutenberg, but very, very briefly. So it was a really good opportunity to test out Gutenberg or the, you know, the new block editor at the same time as well. And I have to say, any issues I had whatsoever were all to do with the block editor, which would be no surprise to many people. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, stop it. <laughs> but um but no i loved it what what i like the most though is that it felt like a natural progression of acf so like how acf basically like simplified uh put like this simplification layer on top of creating custom fields within wordpress so you don't have to go into code you could kind of do it in the in the wp admin and and obviously you can do a lot of stuff in code with acf but it just made it simpler so acf blocks again felt like it added this simplification layer to how you create blocks within WordPress and then obviously tying that into um, you know using custom fields as well so yeah I, I really I really liked it it just it made so much sense as soon as I started using it, it it you know if you get ACF you'll get this really really quickly and it's all part of the same plugin so yeah it was it was a delight to use I think it's it's brilliant and you've turned something that's essentially quite complicated and I started looking through the development developmentation documents for um for, from wordpress for blocks and stuff and i'm not as i've mentioned on this podcast numerous times i'm not a big javascript developer a developer um so to be able to use php and kind of use what i'm used to and and use acf again that i'm used to was again a pleasure so it it removes that barrier of entry i think to using something like the new block editor um you know because i think if you're used to the classic editor and custom fields it all kind of works it's all very familiar but the block editor's unfamiliar ter territory. And then if you want to start developing with it, you, you know, you might need to learn JavaScript or jQuery or whatever it is that you want to use to kind of operate with that. So yeah, to, to have all of this kind of, it's the stepping stone to kind of everything. Um, I say the stepping stone, it's not really a stepping stone. I mean, if you obviously want to remove ACF and use, you know, just custom fields within WordPress or just the, you know, develop your own blocks within WordPress, you can do that. But um, I honestly don't know why anyone would do it that way. I, I don't know why anyone wouldn't use ACF to do that. Well, like that is amazing. That is spot on exactly nailing everything that I'd say. Um, my question is for you, um, what was the block? What were you, what did you make? Oh, I just used your, your example to make a testimonial block. Oh, cool. um, and it just, yeah, it just gave me a chance to, to try out all the kind of different aspects of, um, of the function really. Um, and I, I then just went about styling it and, you know, using the, uh, a template file. And I, and I liked how that you could obviously use a template for, you know, uh, creating the block and viewing that in the back end and it would look the same in the front end. That made a lot of sense as well, because the majority of the work that I do is theme development anyway. So that made a lot of sense. Um, and actually, the, the bigger problems I had with um, playing around with my block were, weren't anything to do with ACF in that I couldn't seem to get my Flexbox grid working in CSS. So <laughs> it, was, um, it was actually, uh, yeah, the, the whole ACF thing was a, was a pleasure. Uh, on, a, on a sort of side note, the two things I came up against within WordPress was that I saw that in, your, in ACF blocks, you can put in a background color to an icon uh so when you put in a block and you can choose it from the the, the block kind of selector uh you can choose it like a dash icon or an svg an inline svg or anything you want uh but then also have a background color to that to kind of differentiate it i guess from you know other blocks that are there <clears throat> excuse me and um that was really nice but when you add that block into the block editor you see a little version of that icon and background color on the block in the kind of the top left hand corner of the block um but wordpress was it had a 
important statement on one of its CSS uh, declarations. So it meant that it was overriding some of the styling that you know is being inserted by ACF locks and that I was putting in using the ACF locks function. So that was a bit of a pain. I don't know why you would use important WordPress on uh, on that, but um, there we go. Um, and the other one was has, uh, something to do with page slugs. We're getting off topic slightly because that's classic pressing matters. But um, we would, I put in the the title, and obviously that normally creates a, a page slug from that. But it didn't strip out non-alphanumeric char characters, so it still had an apostrophe and an exclamation mark in there. And it wasn't until I published it and reloaded the page that you could see it. And it's just like, why? This is so basic stuff. This is like. Give me back the classic editor at that point. You know, it's like, what's wrong here? How did this get missed? Jack, I hope you've raised issues on track and I hope you've submitted patches for the next six years to be uh, talked about of course I have. and not merged. <clears throat> yeah, of course, of course I have. No, of course I have. The thing, yeah, the thing with WordPress and the block editor is, and what ACF, because I've had a play with it and I've almost used it on um, one of the sites, on, you know, a Delicious Brain site, that... The block editor is great because it gives clients ways to build like a WYSIWYG approach to building content, which is great. But then why do we not, why can we not design blocks in the same kind of, you know, UI drag and drop? Why do we have to do it all in code? And so yeah, ACF blocks it is, um, it, it's a great way of doing that. But obviously it's reliant on ACF or having advanced custom fields pro. Mm. I guess we should make that clear. Pro, yeah. it's, it's the pro version. And it's not rolled into, it's not definitely not rolled into free, is it, Elliot, at the moment? No, not yet. So what, I mean, what was your, what was your motivation behind it? Were you, uh, were you sitting there looking at the new Gutenberg plugin going, God, this is the future. I'm loving this. I need to get on board with this. So I want to make it easier for people. Or was it a case of, oh, I can see the way WordPress is going. Let's just try and do what we've done with ACF and make it easier for people. Um, you know, like is it Gutenberg and the block editor? Is that something you like? Is it something you use? Sure, these are all good questions. So, look, as two major things happened to ACF in the last um, six months. One was my baby daughter coming along, and the second one was WordPress version five. So, uh, to answer the first question, like, how did ACF blocks come about? Like. To me, ACF blocks was just a design idea. Not not like a graphical design idea, but more like, can this be done? Like, can mm. we, okay, so we've got this JavaScript API, that's great. But can we actually have a PHP API? Like, is it actually possible? So that kind of started as a bit of a challenge. I'm sure that someone over a beer had mentioned to me, um, you know, imagine if you could put ACF into Gutenberg and at the time I would have kind of shrugged that off just going well it's not possible like they're completely two different things and they just don't relate and look at the start of so then like onto other questions like you know what do I think of the, the new block editor and do I like that for ACF I mean these are kind of those big these really big pitch questions I'm trying to figure out at the moment and it actually has made me like really start reflecting on like what is ACF and I mean, definitely getting off topic here, but like ACF started off as just a way to make meta boxes. Like it wasn't even a way to make fields. Like I skipped creating a fields API and I just went straight to making a meta box. Like if you look at creating a field group, if you look at the settings for a field group, they're all tailored for a meta box, like hiding and showing elements on the post edit screen. It doesn't relate to anywhere else. And meta box, like if you want it to be uh, like a normal looking meta box or a seamless meta box. It's, it's it's like ACF was definitely grown in that era of, of that's what it was. It, it was a way to make meta boxes. It wasn't anything else. But then ACF started like growing over the years and all of a sudden you can use it for adding fields to users and to widgets and nav menus and comments and options pages. And like it's really grown into this amazing framework, but it's still missing quite a few things that I am working on. And the introduction of the Gutenberg editor just really kind of blew all that to pieces once again, because like I've got to be like, again, ACF being this way of making meta boxes for well, like Gutenberg doesn't like meta boxes. 
<laughs> it doesn't. Like the the integration with Metaboxes was added in after Gutenberg. Like Gutenberg was designed without Metaboxes, and then Metaboxes had to be added in as a kind of backwards compatibility. They weren't, you know, it wasn't, the actual design does not work for Metaboxes. And trust me, I've tried a lot of different CSS options for making Metaboxes work in Gutenberg, and I still haven't found anything that is at a professional level to roll out. So that's why I haven't really made any moves in that space. And that's why I've kind of left, left Metaboxes as they are. It's it's really got me thinking about like how do clients actually edit content? The strange thing is, and I guess the numbers in the classic editor plugin show that developers are still very happy working with the classic editor. Developers still think in in terms of of meta of small meta chunks attached to an object. They, they think in terms of custom fields. They, they associate the post title and the post content with the same priority as an event date or, a, or an event location, like all these little individual chunks of content that they can put into their template via PHP code. They don't, that's still our mentality. And the, the big question is, do we need to change? Like, are we meant to change our mentality? Or actually is our mentality fine? Because if we look at other leading CMSs, I mean, that's the same mentality. So it's a really like big question that we're kind of trying to figure out. No one's really, I don't believe that we've really figured it out yet. I think it might take another six months, it might take another year. Using the new block editor as much as possible will definitely give you like more insight into if it works for you to make to make websites with. Uh, Unfortunately, I mean, look, I, I still love custom, custom fields, obviously my thing, like fields, PHP, that's definitely the land I live in. And it's a shame that some people, you know, see that as maybe a negative or see that as not wanting to change or see that as, oh, that's old technology. It's really not that because uh, I, I see a huge similarity between PHP and JavaScript. And I mean, when we were informed to go and learn JavaScript deeply, I learned JavaScript deeply. Like I wrote a JavaScript framework in, in raw JavaScript. I didn't learn React because I didn't think that's what they meant. React is actually an amazing framework. Like after, obviously like ACF blocks relies on, it's kind of like a bridge, it's a bridge between, it's quite interesting actually. It's quite like, it's kind of cool. I'm still on a bit of a high, about the whole thing because it's like I don't usually get impressed by what I code. I usually have like ridiculously high standards and everything is kind of subpar that I do. But the fact that I've been able to that there it is possible to create a PHP framework that that connects React components to dynamic HTML that uses jQuery. It's like ACF blocks is like the absolute <laughs> like black magic of the internet that makes all that work and it like legitimately works. It, it somehow actually works and then still works natively within WordPress. Um, so it's been like one of the cooler things that I've that I've used ACF for and it's it's really highlighted like all the the pros of ACF and the cons of ACF. It's really exposed like Gutenberg has exposed what ACF is good at and what ACF is bad at. And it's what's kind of driving me to really think about these big pictures and really getting me motivated at doing a version six and like making some some major changes and and uh, writing some like underlying fields API that is is in a generic sense that can be integrated into Gutenberg and get integrated into into different objects on different custom fields. Uh, sorry, different uh, edit screens in the in the WP admin. So uh, my thoughts are like really mixed on the whole the whole block editor. I mean, in some ways, I kind of love the idea of it for like writing a blog post. I want that's exactly what I want for writing a blog post. I, I want it to be engaging and I want it to be fun. I want to, you know, put blocks in and big images and full screen and uh, like that's amazing. But unfortunately, where I disagree with with WordPress's or, or Gutenberg's vision, where I disagree is that yes, that is all good, but that's for the post's content. And I don't believe that that is all of what a post is. I believe a post does have content and that is 50% or maybe 60% of the importance of a post. But I believe there is still equal importance or close to of all these other 
pieces of meta. And I mean, WordPress has the database tables for meta. It's it's not like WordPress is, is, is trying to like get rid of meta. I don't think they'll ever do that. I mean, meta is this amazing concept and the database table structure is actually genius for achieving like pure flexibility in code. Um, but I guess that's where I, I disagree because the design of the Gutenberg, the design of the block editor doesn't encourage meta. It doesn't encourage meta boxes. It doesn't encourage uh, like custom options. And even even though technically all these things are possible, it is technically possible to register meta via the REST API. And it's technically possible to create a template for a post type uh, in the new uh, for the new block editor, and you you can make you know meta fields. It is purely it is technically possible, but it's it's not a nice user experience for my client. It, it's not self-explanatory. It's not intuitive for the client. It's 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 mixing these meta inputs with content, and there needs to be like a, a actual line between them. Uh, and in the past, you know, we never had a real problem because we had the tiny mice that was kind of like self-enclosed. It kind of was a meta box on the page sitting along the other meta boxes. Like that priority from a visual point of view, that that actually made sense. And I get like all the limitations that that, that imposed and it wasn't exciting and it was very constrained. And I understand what, what the block editor is trying to do. But I think the real difficulty is finding a design that integrates both the block editor with the big content area, the excitement of the blocks and the interactivity, that it somehow integrates that, but also allowing meta to still work. And meta needs to actually look different. I mean, if you look at the sidebar of the block editor, those meta inputs actually look different. They have input, you know, they have a border around the, the input, which is very different from the Gutenberg content experience, which is kind of no borders, very minimal, very like a text editing based, which is exactly, exactly what it is. So in some ways, like, Gutenberg are acknowledging and appreciating like user interface design, control elements, stuff like this, but they're just not allowing us a kind of a way to to like do that on a bigger scale. Like it kind of works for a small amount of control elements, like a taxonomy checkbox or a, you know post type. But what if you like the repeater field, for instance, if for instance needs quite a lot of like width needs quite a lot of real estate on the on the page because within a repeater field you might be creating this for an event and you might have like speakers and each speaker has an image and a and a um a little content and a link to their page or something like this and you might just want to roll out a couple of these and that might be separate from you know in quotes content that's kind of separated from the the content because you might pull that repeater field information out into different templates through your theme you might pull that out into the like home page you might pull it out into like a featured thing on the sidebar and i think that's where the real tricky part gets in that's kind of where the blur the lines have become a little bit blurred with the new block editor uh and i think that's where like a lot of the frustrations have come from with you know existing wordpress developers um that you know there's not such a clear-cut line it's not so easy now for clients to kind of understand where the content goes etc um, so like it's, I say all that, but it's also like super exciting to try to figure out all this because I do always like a bit of a challenge, like I'm always up for that. <laughs> so I think we just hit a kind of really interesting, interesting time. Like I know I've gone completely off tangent. Don't even remember the original question. It was probably like what I had for lunch. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but I'll just end it with saying like, the Gutenberg editor is is powerful in the fact that it's really forced us to like rethink uh, not only like our coding practices, but like rethink importance of, of uh, like for us to rethink what is important for our clients. That's what I'll say. Yeah, I, I think I agree. It is there is definitely blurred lines now, and I think you know there is nothing wrong with sticking to what you know which is the classic editor and custom fields or ACF, because if that's what works for you as a developer and works for you as your clients or works for your clients, then it's fine. Uh, I guess the only issue is this overarching lifespan of classic editor, which is 2021 or whatever, and could, could end, could, could extend. Um, and we've talked about it before, like Jack and I, that sometimes this whole new shiny thing comes up, but we don't need to chase it. If it, what works, 
you know, for you day to day. And and actually, I think the block editor, as you said, has confused things. And it is if you try and embrace it and try and do some of the old things like with repeaters, it makes it harder. Um, I wanted to actually ask you a couple of things. So you mentioned um, maybe a desire for a fields API. And yeah. so, I mean, going back, this is going back years now, but WordPress was going to in investigate and develop and have a feature plugin for this fields API. But at the time, I remember reading it thinking, God, this is, this is ACF territory. This is WordPress rolling into core, like the good features that other third party developers have built and kind of taking the good stuff and bringing it into core. And I was thinking, God, what's, what's happening? Uh, what will happen then? And obviously that's not really amounted to much. It's not kind of um, come around. And, and I just wondered how you feel about that. Um, I guess it's a precarious position when you're a third party developer with features and, and it, the same comes with the block, uh, the ACF blocks. So you've basically written a PHP API for blocks and kind of what happens if WordPress just goes, yeah, you know what, React, we've doubled down on it, but it's quite a bit of a barrier to entry. So let's take a, take a step back and, you know, implement a PHP API to get people there. And they kind of, you know, either take what you've done or undercut it or, you know, and remove the need for ACF in some ways, whether or not it be a fields API or the, you know, the block editor. Like, how do you think about that? How do you, do you worry about that? Is it something that you're concerned about? Um, yeah, I just, cause that, that the fields API has been around for ages as a, as a kind of a concept. And now you've brought in this new PHP API for blocks. It must be more yeah. prominent in your mind, maybe. Uh, no, it doesn't keep me up at night at all. Um, I think actually, I think you touched on this a little bit in a previous episode where you're talking about WooCommerce and the previous e-commerce that that was maybe a fork of. I might be getting that wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was mentioned. Yeah. And mm. I mean, that's yeah, that's just like a, it's a possibility at all times. Don't you love like the cowboy world that we all work in that kind of anything can be ripped under, ripped out from under you at any time and it's totally fine and legal. <laughs> Um, that's just part of the game. And I, I do, so I have a much more mature view now about the fields API and I really didn't look into it much at the time. I think at the time when it was first announced, I did have that like naive view that I saw it as competition. I saw it as competition for, for my software. And so I wasn't really that interested in it now looking at it, I'm genuinely like a bit sad that the project didn't get completed that it didn't get merged into core because the guys working on it and Scott um, Kingsley Clark who was working on the majority of it towards the end or if not all of it did an amazing job uh, of the actual framework and it's really fleshed out it's got some really good functionality the code's on github and I think they actually ticked a lot of boxes so yeah I mean now my my view on it is that it's kind of sad that it didn't like a lot of hard work, a lot of good work got done that could have really benefited WordPress as a CMS, um, as, as a solution. And it's just kind of sad to see that that got, that got shelved. And I agree with, and I forget who, maybe it was Scott himself. who said this on a different podcast, but if that had have been merged in, if, if the field API did get merged in, if it did exist inside WordPress, we could have really transitioned to Gutenberg with so much more ease because if we had this field API that everyone was sitting on top of, this abstracted layer, well, then we could have created a new abstracted layer to integrate it into the JavaScript just with with ease. So Metaboxes, you know, there wouldn't be this issue right now with Metabox compatibility because we all would have been integrating correctly with a field API to begin with. Mm. So, yeah, I think, uh, I, I see, look, it's funny. It's like, would WordPress ever, you know, merge ACF into WordPress? And the answer is no, <laughs> I wouldn't merge ACF into WordPress because it's become a bit of a behemoth. It's way too encompassing. It's got too much features. What you want to do is, is write a, a, a more strict, minimal, slim, PHP API similar to what was worked on 
that integrates with the REST API, that integrates with everything else. ACF is, is too dynamic, it's too fluid, it's too scattery, it's too creating, generating stuff on the fly. It's not, it, it's not kind of the right way for WordPress to kind of go about their work. If they want to have a look at what I've done with the PHP integration, go for it. But trust me, like their developers are much more talented than me. They have these React developers and the PHP developers that they have access to have so much knowledge uh, in those areas that they could create this if they wanted to. Um, they could create it in a weekend. Uh, it took me a bit longer because I had to teach myself React and I had to kind of understand the, the framework that they had developed. Um, so yeah, if they wanted to, they would already be doing this and maybe they already are. And I think that's probably in WordPress's best interest that we do get a solid PHP API because JavaScript is amazing. Love it. Think React is, is a good solid choice as well, but we're all still PHP developers and the, the majority of, I'd say like 99% of people using WordPress are using WordPress with PHP whether it's with a page builder or a custom template or even as a as a rest api we're all doing this via php um and we're not just on the front end like we're also in the back end as well so i think a php framework for the back end is is really needed and uh the truth is that you can create one i mean in some ways like wordpress version 5 is using php in the back end because like we're localizing a lot of PHP data in a JavaScript object then be initialized by JavaScript. And so even just that small concept, it's like, well, we're passing a lot of PHP stuff to the JavaScript. The two need to work together. The two do work together actually really well. Um, I don't really understand. And, you know, maybe that there's not, you know, so much of a war between the JavaScript and the PHP developers. It just kind of seems like it sometimes on Twitter that, if you're not using JavaScript, then you're a no one. And then I get quite confused because I kind of look around at who's next to me. I'm like, well, we're all using PHP and we're doing pretty good. So like, yeah. or, we're all, or you're, we're you're all making a PHP it. developer that's a Luddite and is against change and you're holding it all up. And, and right. yeah, I think that's... And, and we're not, we're not. We're just, um, we don't, like, I don't believe you ever need to, um, like, make a decision in the sand as to like languages that you need to use. I believe that you can use a whole bunch of different languages. We all do anyway. We use HTML and CSS and JavaScript and PHP. And, you know, I think they are, they're all useful in their own ways. I don't think you can use one without the other. No. Yeah. And I think it's arguable as well that, you know, WordPress itself is, you know, it's the biggest CMS. It powers, you know, the largest portion of the web and that's built on PHP. And, I, you know, I don't think you really argue with results of that, of that sort of, you know um that size really so yeah um but i know what you mean i think it's i think it's just very topical isn't it the whole javascript versus php kind of argument and the the classic versus block editor um argument and i, I think you raised some really good points actually about you know uh the issues that you see with with metaboxes and and everything on uh the block the block editor and i know we've bashed the block editor i mean i i, I to be honest i i am all for the idea of making the whole thing easier but um it just it just i don't want to sort of bang the the same drum again that I've, I've probably done before but it's just you know it was it would feel like it was pushed you know pushed out and and a lot of the important things like you say have been overlooked and you know and you talk about custom fields and meta boxes and so on you know for uh, adding to post content you know and that that doesn't even include things that aren't included in the post content you know just information just custom fields that are used just in the wp admin you know, for publishers and writers and, and bloggers and, and whoever it might be, you know, curating and writing content that would find those things useful. They don't even have to display on the on the front end, you know, and and it felt like, um, you know, if you're, it's all about a big publishing experience, then some of the major things that are part of that experience were were missed, you know. So it's, it, I find that frustrating, that's all. And I, and I, I, you know, I find it frustrating that, you know, ACF, um, that, that how ACF functions and how it looks in Gutenberg, um, it, you know, it, it's been impacted. Where you go to the classic editor, it's a different experience. It's a better experience, you know, and and it's a shame that, you know, they didn't pay more attention to developers with large amount of active installs and, and look at their needs and their requirements from it as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, 
at the moment, I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of things, a lot of feedback has fallen on, on deaf ears with WordPress and the block editor. And I hope that that will change and, and it will become more open and, and it will have, like you say, uh, a better, um, you know, fields API and a, and a bit of sort of frameworks in place for people to develop with it. And uh, I'm hoping that a lot of the um, issues that they're seeing and the, and the flack they're getting from, from developers and, and well, even users, you know, people that are, have installed WordPress and started using it from day one because it comes, you know, enabled on install. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, they'll take all that on board and, and appreciate, appreciate all of that. We are definitely running long, but I'm finding this really, really useful, but also I can't leave without asking you some other questions. Um, so again, we've talked about um, blocks, we've talked about, you know, your day and we talked about, I think you've touched on the fact that you know, if, you, if you'd have been more business minded, you would have hired previously. So get just touching on some of the business stuff. ACF Pro is a steal at the price it is at. And that has never changed, has it? I know it's terrible. It's yeah. never changed. Yeah. And, and, and just to just to make it even clearer, you do not charge reoccurring. Like it's not an annual license for support and updates. It's a one off cost. And it's unlimited. Yeah, Dude, you're crazy. That is all true. I am crazy. It's um, yeah. It's uh, I don't think it's doing the software justice. I don't think it's doing the WordPress uh, plugin or theme industry justice as well. Uh, it's definitely something that I'm working towards changing. Um, yeah, at, at some point there, it, I will definitely change it to become a, a yearly subscription. I think there's a few reasons behind that not just for the financial incentive but also to i mean for a long time i mean like acf has just always been this like hobby uh that i, I love and i'm very passionate about and you know it you know it's obviously a bit more than a hobby it's pretty rock solid as well um but by 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 increasing the uh, from a from a one time purchase into a into a yearly subscription, obviously allows me some more opportunity to invest into the plugin. So invest into developers, invest into better servers, to best in to invest into support, which is a huge expense. Um, all of these things. So at the moment, uh, basically all of those things: the support, the the cost of running servers, the cost of the website, the maintenance, the, the developers, the designers, et cetera, that kind of just comes out of my pocket as something that I, for a long time, have just considered, well, it's my responsibility. Whereas I think that's just completely the wrong way of thinking about it because it's 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 what's best for the software to grow. It's, it's not about me at all. It's actually what's best for the software. And by um, getting more funding into the software, well, the software can actually shine brighter, which is ideally what everyone wants. Um, so, yeah, I've been quite lazy in that sense that I've just kind of, you know, left it as it is. And I think for a long time, like it might have actually been a key component in ACF success that the the barrier to entry is super low for the software and the barrier to entry financially is also just as low. So it was kind of a no brainer, like you can try it out and if it doesn't work, well, you can get a refund, but really it's not going to break the bank anyway. So it's no big deal. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, um, I will I will um, roll mm. out some some uh, yearly subscription fees. Um, but actually on that note, because I have given this quite a lot of thought, when I do roll out yearly subscription fees, um, this is like on the topic of being complete, like giving complete clarity uh, to a situation that I've realized is like so important to give complete clarity to not just like drop something out there and not talk about it for a while longer. Um, all pre the, the conclusion that I've come to is that anyone who has purchased a license up until, you know, whatever the date is when that rollover is, they will remain on a legacy product, which is a lifetime license. They won't, they won't be, uh, they won't be forced to start paying a yearly fee. I don't believe that that's fair. And I don't believe that that really aligns with, with the brand that I sold at that time or at this time even. And so it will just be for new users. So new purchases will, will go onto a yearly subscription fee. And the really funny thing is that people have requested that I add an option to this legacy product that people can opt in to the yearly <laughs> subscription fee, which yeah. like, that makes me so happy <laughs> um, that yeah, people yeah. would, which is amazing to hear that, that people would opt in to pay more money. Like it's, it's madness. <laughs> you, um, but yeah. 
people but want to do that and they will into the sustainability. exactly and i think that's what it comes down to that people will not only get a sense that they are contributing to the project's um future um but are able to like give back um uh, to me i guess in some ways for the work that i've been doing for the past couple of years so yeah i think that's the best way i'm going to go about it that'll roll out um maybe towards the end of the year yeah oh, that's i mean that's good to hear because it you know as you said, it's it's one of these things that's probably made it very popular um, years ago because it's grown mm. at, a, at a high rate because it's been cheap. However, you know, in today's WordPress world, if you release a new plugin, you release a new theme, the prices are priced, you know, with the value in mind, um, and you know, they're a lot higher than than what you're selling at. So it's good to hear, and definitely, yeah, we sound like we're both be giving you throwing you more money at you because, yeah, if you you're running client sites it makes your life so much easier and you make money off the back of it. So, or we do, or, you know, users do. So why not? Everyone does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> everyone wins. No, I mean, yep. yeah, that makes sense. That's good to hear. And it's been really good talking to you. I think we probably should think about wrapping it up. Um, I appreciate it. You need to do some work today. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been really, really good. Yeah. Jack's now got to edit, like, an hour and something minutes of, of of chat but i'm quite happy doing that um to be honest Elliot, i could i could talk to you all day about uh wordpress and acf and development and everything i, I really could and um i do i throw this in at the last minute but i would love to talk to you mm. myself a bit more about uh because i have a, a an add-on for my plugin uh best notifications wordpress and that is uh, a custom fields add-on which integrates with ACF and other custom fields uh, plugins as well. And I would love to talk to you a bit more uh, about that and getting that working a little bit better as well. That would be uh, that would be wonderful. I have we have spoken before briefly via support and uh, and I spoke I spoke to you directly. So um, I would love to be able to continue the conversation kind of off off podcast. We will do that definitely. Thank you. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, and thank you for being our um, our first uh, our first interviewee uh, on Pressing Matters. That's um, that's really cool. Like I'm stoked to have come on this show because I love just chatting WordPress. I mean, I feel like we could talk for a couple more hours quite easily, um, but I understand that we've all kind of got <laughs> you know jobs and um, families to get back to. But maybe um, you can just call me up another time. I'll come on and we'll talk. Because I'd love to actually like dig into some, some technical stuff about WordPress as well. I think there's some really good like topics we could talk about um, that you guys have some good insight on as well. Um, that'd be cool. Yeah, but definitely. thanks for having me on as the first guest. I reckon that's really cool. I'm really excited about that. No problem. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And hopefully we'll be back in a couple of weeks, depending on how things go. And and maybe we'll be hearing from Elliot again and having a good chat. Thanks.